This episode is brought to you by Zeratech Software Development. Are you a company whose commitment to excellence demands effective software tools? Let the team at Zeratech Software Development help build or enhance your technological systems with mobile, web, and backend solutions. You can find them at zeratech.com. That's X-E-R-A-T-E-C.com. Hey guys, today I sat down and talked to Greta Hillstrom. Greta is the owner of the store Fancy Free, a resale, a curated resale store in Marquette. Uh, she is passionate about creativity. That ties into a passion for travel. Uh, but anyways, above all else, creativity, uh, just helping others and just wanting others to know that it's okay to be creative. Uh, and we had the first time somebody has played the guitar in the studio here. So that was fun. I really enjoyed this one. I hope you guys do as well. Welcome to the Obsessed Podcast. I'm your host, Logan Herkus. In this podcast, we get to meet and hear from folks who are obsessed with a wide array of interesting endeavors. We dive into some awesome stories and look at the mindsets and the psychology of those who are obsessed. Let's go. Greta, thanks for coming in today. Thank you for having me. Yeah. <laughs> we got through that robotic piece and then yeah. we can start chatting. But anyways... Um, I had you on. I we didn't. I didn't even say what for. But I guess for me in my head, I, I had you on. We can go anywhere in any direction. But music, and that was almost secondary. But maybe it's primary for you. But then your store, like the thrifting adventure. Thrifting. I'm really good at it. Okay. Uh, is that if you had to get rid of everything else, like got rid of music, got rid of thrifting, or what would it be? And what would you hang on to if you had one thing? Oh, you're making me pick one thing. Yeah. Okay. So are, you're saying if I have to choose music or thrifting? Yes. That's, uh, I don't know, probably, I don't know. Yeah. Is that <laughs> it's tough? tough? It's very tough. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's not even a fair question, but I guess <clears throat> maybe that answers the question. The fact that it's so tough. I just try to get gauge like, again, if there is a thing that just rose to the top, like this is a thing that I think about all the time. This is the thing that's most important to me. This is the thing that gives me life. Okay, so I have my answer then. Okay. Um, the answer is creativity because um, that ties into both thrifting okay. and music. So I'm going to hold on to creativity. Okay. Yeah. Huh. Okay. And that's music. That's thrifting. But is that a... You're very adventurous, right? Like mm -hmm. you've gone on a lot of travels, you're, you're open to new things, whatever. Is that the same thing? Um, I would say spontaneity then. Okay. So creativity and spontaneity. Okay. Um, but I'm just curious, do you know where that comes from? Have you always been that way? Um, I would say, yeah. Yeah. Okay. I will try anything once. Sure. <laughs> okay. Um, but it feels like, a, again, just like watching, we knew each other as we were young, growing up, whatever else, watching you now with the store and playing a piano in the back of a truck and whatever else, like it's, it feels like it's all a common thing of that. Like you said, the creativity side of things, right? Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, I guess let's, do you mind if we start with music? Where did music begin for you? Because you're a, I mean, you grew up in a very musical family, right? Yeah. Okay. Um, where did music begin? Yeah. I guess my dad, my dad um, was, so I guess when we were growing up, we, it was 
as normal as talking in the house. So mm-hmm. we would be at his feet in a half circle listening to music. And and I didn't realize it until much later, but that was one of the greatest gifts that I've ever been given. Huh. And, um, you know, just realizing what a blessing it was to have music in the household growing up. Um, so that's where it started. Yeah. Do you know how your dad got into music? Um, not really. I think that he... that's a question I would have to ask him and maybe you can have him on the podcast. Sure. Yeah. Um, because even growing up, we'd listen to your, like your dad had some recordings, had some CDs. We'd go out West, we'd go on these trips and we'd listen to some of those CDs. Um, and they're impressive. Right. Mm -hmm. But uh, yeah, I was just curious where they started from for him that he then transferred on to you. So you're saying just any evening, any weekend, it was very typical for your dad to be playing music. And that was a big part of your life. Yes. Okay. And, that was a huge gift because it later gave you music or is a huge gift because it gave you like joy as a child or both or what? Um, because it gave me the confidence to do it myself. And, um, just because you can, there's so much you can do with music, you know, you can share so much with a song. Mm -hmm. You could teach things to people that you can't teach in other ways, you know, just um it's just such a special way to express yourself and it's a very the outlet you know letting letting what's inside of you out it's mm-hmm. a beautiful way you know what i mean yeah to, for sure. to express yourself yeah so so that's why it was a gift yeah but i feel like that's a, a separate thing than what, how it would make you feel as a five-year-old maybe not like I, i'm picturing like when i listened to music when i was really young it was just a very like uh calming thing relaxing thing enjoyable thing and make you feel emotions mm-hmm. um but i don't yeah i don't know as a five-year-old do you get the expression or somebody uh, is it universal no matter the age i don't know i guess oh, I don't yeah know. yeah so i was just telling someone this is music is the one language that everybody speaks sure. all ages um all you know, races and genders, it's the universal language. Sure. And I think it's, I think music and food. Yeah. But. <laughs> right. Okay. Um, yeah. So I, I guess I'll, I'll, what I'm curious a lot about on this is like, what's your personal relationship to what you're into the music, the thrifting, the creativity, and how has that changed through the years? How has that developed and how has that aided you and how has that affected your life so that's why i was curious like at age five what did music mean to you and what does it mean to you now and are they the same thing and is it with maturity do you realize something different and i suppose through internal reflection you probably do Mm -hmm. even though maybe it was the same thing all along yeah right so i guess um what did you say? The What was your you know, original question? You know, so I, I, I layered many things there. So original question is kind of like, what did it mean to you at five years old when your dad was doing that? You said that was a huge gift. Mm-hmm. But like, I'm trying to find a difference because what did it mean to you as a five-year-old and what does it mean to you now? And is that the same thing? And it, if it is the same, is it just internal reflection that makes you realize the nuances of it? Yeah. Or is it a different thing now? So I will start with... Um, with my store, okay, Fancy Free. Um, it's a pop-up shop, and our mission at Fancy Free is to stoke the wildfire of creative expression. Okay, 
And um, so it's actually a lot more than a store. Mm -hmm. Um, So it's a pop-up shop. It's only open six days each month. And then in the meantime, um, you know, I'm traveling and thrifting and and curating the following pop-up shop. But also in the meantime, so um, fancy free means free from commitment. And um, that gives me time to be creative and share creativity with others. And so that's my biggest goal is just I want to leave this world a more creative place. Um, So like right now at Fancy Free, there's a rock painting station outside of the shop set up so that people walking by can paint a rock because um, even if you're not a painter, like you're still going to paint a rock. Mm -hmm. It's not, you know, but um, that's been... Uh, you know, just just little things like that. Um, to what else do we do? Oh yeah, so like during the pop up shop, we have a postcard writing station, and you know, just kind of small things. People people are so intimidated by creativity, but or they can be intimidated by creativity, but actually, creativity is so much easier than people make it out to be. Like. Um, it, it's like what you're wearing and, you know, creativity is in so many things that you do throughout the day that you cannot go through your day without being creative. Mm-hmm. You know, even in the jokes that you make and the conversation that you have, that's creativity happening. Or like what I like to say is if you can eat, you can art. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So but do you also have a piano set up outside sometime too? Like yeah, that? all the time. Okay. So people can come by and just play. Yeah, and they love it. <clears throat> do you get a lot of people to come by and play? Yeah. How do you invite them in to play? Because if I see a piano in a store, I don't know that I can come play that piano. Yes. Okay. So this is a great question. Actually, when I moved into that shop, that piano was, it, it used to be a dance studio. So that piano was already there. And um, it was hilarious because I, I had it set up inside for six months. And I even set up a little audience section right on the other side of the piano. Mm -hmm. And um, nobody played the piano. Nobody did. Like, I couldn't get people to play it at all. And then um, I think I had, I needed the space. And it was summer, last summer, I I moved to the piano outside. And everybody played it. It was just crazy. And um, it got it gets really good feedback from my neighbors and people just love it. Like, and it was really good to have outside of the shop during the time that I was building because there were some really stressful moments. I remember one time specifically, I was crying on the couch because building a business is not an easy thing. And um, someone, my back was facing the window, but someone had sat down and they played, Every night I lie in bed. You know that song mm-hmm. from The Greatest Showman? Yeah. You know that song? Yeah. Um, it's an awesome song, yeah. Yeah, A Million, what's it called? A Million, A Million uh, Dreams. Yeah. Yeah, right. So yeah. she played that song and she ran off into the night. And it was just like the whole, and the piano or the um, sound just, it um, echoes through the shop mm-hmm. and it just lifted me. So, huh. and that's happened many, many times where, um, when someone sits down to play the piano, it comes in through the shop 
and it's just it's pretty magical <laughs> yeah but so just again because I, maybe it's just me being reserved and a i don't know how to play piano but <laughs> like if i see the piano i wouldn't know to go and play it but is it something where people know they can come by and play it somehow because other people have played it or is there like a way there like you have the piano set up it just invites people in um yeah both so now now that it's been there they know that it's there and they oh, okay. know that they can play it but um i guess people see a piano and they play it okay. especially outside so inside i don't know why they didn't play it inside yeah but when i guess if you see a piano you play it that's hmm. it's a weird dynamic i mm -hmm. mean i think it's cool but i'm just saying to me i'm drawing the, the parallel you know, like why why is it inviting outside and why is it not inviting inside you don't know mm -hmm. but it worked either way right it might yeah. just be more intimate inside i don't okay, know okay sure whereas outside you can be more anonymous and just play it and move on kind of thing yep exactly yeah. and you know another thing is i my someone told me you know get rid of the piano you don't need a piano but my theory is that everybody knows one song sure and so um everybody knows at least one song on the piano like yeah. and know. so it's i love hearing people's <laughs> one song what what's your song P that peter peter pumpkin eater or <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> well you are welcome yeah. to play it anytime at fancy free <laughs> sure <All right. laughs> that's funny um yeah okay so but creativity you said that's your whole goal that's the mission behind everything that's what you're all about do you know why and that's a hard question but like have you thought about that like what that stemmed from or why it's so important to you yes absolutely so okay. um the job that i had right before fancy free i was nannying in new york city okay and um and i nannied there for a year and a half for four children mm -hmm. and um the mother um i i was working 70 hours a week um, it, I was secluded from my family and, um, it was really hard for me to make friends and, um, you know, it was hard when you're working 70 hours a week to, um, find your own stuff to do for yourself. And, um, basically that family kind of owned me. Mm -hmm. I felt like property. Yeah. And, um, and... I wouldn't trade this experience for anything in the world, but the mom, um, she, I was spending all of my time with her children and she was not. Right. And um, I think that there were times when she was jealous. Um, and so here I am trying to like I'm a naturally creative person and I'm trying to pass that on and, and, and I'm also a natural teacher. I mm -hmm. always have been, it's in my soul. So I, I want to teach what I know, especially to children. I was in elementary education. I was also studying elementary education at this time. So mm -hmm. that's what I did before fancy free. But, um, so obviously I want to pass this on and teach them to paint and teach them what I know. And, um, but, any time that I planned a creative project for the children, she, in one way or another, would um, find an excuse not to do it or push it to the side. Or, and I, th I don't know what it stemmed from that she did that, but it was. Um, I thought it was jealousy. I don't know. I could be wrong. Right. Um, but I'm, I'll just tell you one example. And um, so, at one time, her father was on his deathbed. Um, and it 
he he was about to have a birthday so um and and he had lived a really good life he was um i think 95 i want to say something like that so we're taking care of him in the final days of his life and he's he has a birthday i think he was turning 96 and and she had said hey greta will you um come up with some sort of gift to give to my father and so i got the kids together and um we spent an hour, and this was not an easy task with four spoiled children. We spent an hour creating a collage of his yacht. He had a beautiful, um, a beautiful yacht named Barbara that he loved, mm-hmm. and um, we created this big collage. It was, um, you know, I thrifted a beautiful picture frame, very large, and we um, ma- made made. Um, it was like multi-material, so like painting and, you know, putting little paper mache. It, and it turned out really, really, really cool. Mm-hmm. And um, it was really fun to make. And the day of his birthday, I had a day off. And um, we wrapped it up really nice, and there was a card with it. And the next day, so his birthday happened on my day off. Mm-hmm. And I came back, and... Um, the gift had not been opened. She did not give him the gift. And and this um, and then he ended up passing away a couple weeks later, and the gift was still unopened. And so um, th- this was a common occurrence. And for a year and a half, I was very, very creatively suppressed mm-hmm. by her. And it, I could feel it stirring inside of me, and I needed to let it out. Mm-hmm. And so um, I can't describe the feeling that being creatively suppressed, what it did inside of me, I felt like a balloon. Hmm. And um, so, and, and that, was, that was a very common occurrence where, where anything that I, I was trying to do with the children and, you know, projects like that where she would just um, kind of, stampede or whatever i don't know the right word but um anyway when i came to michigan and i was able to build my own shop okay so yeah i came to michigan and i bursted like a balloon and Mm -hmm. out came fancy free because that was inside of me and i needed to get it out because if i didn't i would die and so um that's what that's where the mission comes from i want other people to burst like a balloon a big creative balloon yeah (laughs) right it's a cool story i mean it's not when, when somebody tells me a story like that, it's like very emotional. Maybe is it, is it for you? Like, is it hard to go through that or, or to revisit that? So like, I feel that when you're, when you're saying that. So in that instance, I don't even know how to respond sometime. And I said, it's cool. So it's not cool, yeah, but it's like powerful. Like right. Um, just because I can like put myself in your shoes and just feel it. Even if I'm not as creative or whatever, like if you have this thing, I think everybody has some of that, right? But either way, if you have that and then somebody is continually doing that, that's horrible. Mm-hmm. Especially if that's a huge, like every bit of your being, right? Yeah. And 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 like you said, you're just suppressing that for forever. Like yeah. you, yeah. So you said a balloon though. Did you, have you thought about that description? Because like I could almost say you feel empty inside, which would be the opposite of balloon, but you felt the, maybe the, Yeah. Either way, that balloon worked or that description works of balloon where you were full of this stuff that you were just suppressed, suppressed, suppressed yeah. and not able to 
use that part of you and it just came out into what the store is. Yeah, I would I would describe it as a balloon that was filled with energy mm-hmm. and it I had to let it out yeah. some way or another. Even if it wasn't fancy free, it would have been something else. Okay. A daycare or um, a, an art studio, something. Yeah. And we can go as far or as comfortable as you want, but there's a part of me that feels though there's a difference between you being a balloon that's full of creative energy, but things are great and things are happy. Mm-hmm. Whereas in that instance, like I put myself in your shoes and I just imagine that I would be unhappy and things are not great. Do you get what I'm saying? How there's a difference between those two? Like you're full of this thing, but you just haven't been able to do this, but everything's good. But you're in this setting where things are not good. You're continually suppressed and it leaves you feeling like empty. Is that is that true? Is there anything to that? Or is there a... Di- I might have just been too busy with work to notice it. Okay. Um, yeah, I mean, that was a really, really... Ri- like when I left that job, I was at the lowest point in my life. Um <clears throat> Because by the time that I left, I don't think I could have worked another day because I was just pushed to the edge. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, I think COVID had just started going on. And, um, yeah, I was broken. I mean, <laughs> it was like um, my sisters were like, Greta, you got to get out of there. Mm-hmm. Even like when I left, she owed me $8,000 and my sister was like, just leave. Right. You, you know, she, the best advice that I, that I, and, and it comes back to me a lot is she said, Greta, money comes and goes, just get out. Right. And I did. And, um, I, I didn't ever get that money, but, um, it doesn't matter. Cause, no. cause I, I got, you know, I am by my family again mm-hmm. and I have fancy free. So, right. But you said, that is what birthed fancy free, right? That's how you had that energy bursting, whatever else. Do you, like how awesome that you went through that, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, that's so that's why I say I wouldn't trade it for the world. Right. Um, because without it, well, I'm curious about this. Without it, would you, would you have started it and would you have as strong of a conviction about that mission without that experience? Absolutely not. And, um, I wouldn't have had the savings for it either. That job was, um, working 70 hours a week. You know, I, I was able to save up a really, um, you know, a good pillow to invest into a store and Mm -hmm. I would not have been able to do that otherwise. And I'm really, I'm really proud of the fact that fancy free, I didn't borrow one penny Hmm. that came from my life savings. So um, that's what that experience gave to me. And I'm very grateful for it. Mm-hmm. So, um, and I honestly, I would put any young woman through that yeah. because, because it makes you stronger. Right. Yeah. There's something about, and again, that's what this whole podcast is about, right? But somebody who takes it to the next level, right? For you, like on the creative side, you're, would you say pretty far down that road compared to what your average person might be down, with, the, down the road of creativity, but like from how much it means to you? Yeah. Um, yeah, probably. Um, what do you mean? I, know, well, I guess what I'm trying to say is I'm just thinking about the podcast itself and how I'm like celebrating somebody who takes something or, or, or that really, whatever it might be creativity, music, um, mule deer hunting. Like, and again, I think it's just because I am this way, or at least I put myself in the category of like, I take things far and I really, really appreciate them. Um, I'm just celebrating that, I guess. Mm-hmm. So thinking about that to me, there's like beauty, there's 
there's an awesome element of that. That's like find somebody who is in the middle mm-hmm. and that's okay. But like, I really appreciate somebody who's not in the middle. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I get what you're saying. And, and my goal is to help edge people that are in the middle towards right. the, t- more towards the edge where then they can jump. Yeah. You know, I want people to jump just like I did. Cause it's, it's, <clears throat> um, to wake up to, a a job and a life that you love is a very special thing and I want it for everybody. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Yeah. So, but with that, there, so that makes sense. That story makes sense. And let me know again, if I go too far, like I, I really like to get down to like, and, and maybe ask questions that I didn't, I, I don't think of these questions beforehand, but like the conversation leads to this, that mm-hmm. leads to this moment that says, Hey, like, this is really powerful. Look at that just cause it's enjoyable. Like I think it's and healthy and whatever else, but, um, that experience burst your creativity. Right. Mm-hmm. But again, still feels like there's something where you're extra creative and maybe it's genetic. Mm-hmm. Maybe it's because it was, it had a huge, huge impact on you as a child, but like, what is it? Or would you say that everybody is creative, like and, and extra creative is just finding that. But, I guess what I'm trying to figure out is that you had that within you. It ballooned. You had this time where it was suppressed, 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 eventually ballooned, came into the store. I don't think it's fair to you necessarily to even ask like, where did that come from? But do you have anything to, Oh yeah, I I know where it came from. It came from my mom and my dad. Okay. My mom is a painter and my dad is a singer and I'm a painter and a singer. Right. So that's where it came from. Um, but, uh, and, and it, so my mom, she raised 10 kids yeah. and I never saw her once with a paintbrush in her hand hmm. all through high school. But then all of her kids left the nest and have you seen her paintings? Mm. I need to. Yeah. So like, she yeah. has now, I, I don't know how many paintings, but this woman just started slinging paintings <laughs> like, and we're like, what the, you know, it was just crazy because she wasn't allowed. I mean, she didn't have the luxury of holding a paintbrush. She had kids to feed and, you know, but, um, it was always inside of her. And she, even, even though I didn't get to see it growing up, it was inside of her and, and it, it's inside of me too. Mm. And I think that, yes, definitely it's inside of everybody, but it's just, um, are people spending the, you know, is it properly nurtured? You know, so do not ever tell me that you're not creative because Forrester research interviewed 206 senior technology leaders in major organizations responsible for software development sourcing 63 percent said their software development service partners do not have a full understanding of their end customer if you're dead serious about moving faster and getting more done zeratech software development can help you move forward with confidence let the team at Zeratech Software Development help solve your problems with mobile, web, and back-end solutions. As they align with their clients, they use a proven method to understand the scope of the problem and help demystify the steps to make it go away. They will deliver the software solution you need, and they do it with the integrity that you'd expect from a family-owned business in the heartland of America. Schedule a call with the team at Zeratech today at zeratech.com. That's X-E-R-A-T-E-C.com. Yeah. So I can agree with you, but I do think there are spectrums, right? Mm -hmm. Like there are people who are more and less creative than others. 
and I understand what you're saying, how you can move people on that spectrum. Take the least creative person, and if you be intentional about it or, or, or let them realize it, they will move along that. But there are still people that are more creative than any, like that I will ever get to or that some people will ever get to. Oh, yeah. Um, and again, like celebrating those those extra creative people. Like for me, like I really enjoy, of course, just being a spectator to music, books, movies, like things that are just extra creative, but really like raw and real and, and, and hard to describe how powerful they are. And a lot of these people are just extra special people to come up. They, they, they transcend what's typical and come up with these crazy powerful stories or anything like that. And I, I don't know, it's hard to, hard to know where I'm going with that even then I just appreciate it well it's a baby step thing like um it doesn't happen all at once so those people that are you know excelling and like super successful with their craft it's it's just they took baby steps so Mm -hmm. it's a big practice thing you know sure Um, and and just you keep moving right Okay. That makes sense. So again, sometimes when I'm, I'm like exploring a thought, I don't even know where I'm going with it and I'm not trying to ramble, but like, I'm, I know there's something there and I don't even know what I'm asking. So that these are some of these questions where I don't even know what I'm asking no. other than like pulling at straws, I guess. And not in a bad way. Like I'm truly trying to explore these subjects because I'm trying to figure out, like I've been pretty intrigued and th- interested in the thought of writing lately. Oh, yeah. Like I read fiction or nonfiction, but read a good fiction book or even a good nonfiction book. If it's well-written, it's just, unbelievable mm-hmm. and at the at its core it's just like humans right mm-hmm. like human stories about like anything like adventure love betrayal mystery whatever it is they're like deep to its core and there's something about that that may, inspires me to write mm-hmm. i have done like nothing i've done like one little short story but i think at some point when i have same thing i have time to explore that that's something i want to get into but I guess when I get intrigued in something, I like to just suss out the, how much of it is Mark Twain just being a genius Mm -hmm. and how much of it is any writer being like totally open to who they are. And that's where the magic comes from. Mm -hmm. I don't know. Is that any, yeah. I think that, um, Mark Twain is a very courageous person because it takes courage to share that. So, um, I think that if you wrote a short story that makes you a writer, sure. Um, and then you should find the the courage to share that with the world yeah. because, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I I would I would be interested in reading your short story. Okay. <laughs> yeah, and and again, I'm sure, like you said, it is a practice thing, right? Yeah, absolutely. Um, where, yeah, there's a lot to it, right? Where the hundredth story you wrote would maybe be better than should be better than the first one. Yep. But there's this thing where. I've talked about on here, there's a quote and I can say the quote eventually, but like where the, all the great works of the world have been done, uh, between in the ages of people's thirties. And in this quote, it speaks to men, but it can be women too, right? Regardless, like in in your mid thirties, like that's when you're going to do your most revolutionary work. That's where you're going to go out and reach beyond the stars, which I'm 28. You're right there. How old are you? 28. 28. Um, in my head, we're mid thirties. I don't know. We're getting older than we think we are, but either way, we're right there at that age where you know enough, you've matured enough. Maybe you're courageous enough to reach for it and go for it. Mm-hmm. And then the, we talked about the experience, but it's almost the inexperience that makes that be, but you're also mm-hmm. young enough that you have all the fresh memories of all the emotions of the growing pains and of the whatever, where you can pull from that versus when you're 60, maybe you're more mature. You don't have all that freshness within you. 
Does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. And actually, that made me think of, um, are you familiar with Joni Mitchell? Yeah, by name, but I, I is she a singer? She's a singer, yeah. yes. And um, so she wrote Both Sides Now. Okay. Um, oh, yeah, sure. Yeah. And um, so there are there's a video on YouTube of her singing it when she's in her 20s. Yeah. And it's beautiful. But then there's a video of her singing it in her 80s. Mm-hmm. And... Um, you just have to watch it because it it will move you to tears. Huh. Well, it moves me to tears. But I guess what I'm saying is that, like that, watching her in her 80s sing it, and it's a song about, um, you know, you've looked at life from both sides, mm-hmm. and um, seeing her sing it in her 80s just inspired me because it it makes me look forward to my 80s. Huh. I'm like, if I can still, if I can you know, have one ounce of that when I'm in my eighties that I'm going to be just fine, you know? Yeah. So yeah. you're never too old, you know? Right. Right. So at that point, you've got a bunch of wisdom to pull from. Yeah. Right. Yep. And then also I think about the fact that through every stage of life, when you're eight, when you're in eighth grade, the ninth graders are old. Mm-hmm. When you're in ninth grade, the 20 years are old. Right. And at the, yeah. like when we were 20, the 28 years were old, mm-hmm. but through it all, I'm the same person. I have the same things. I have the same struggles, whatever. They're different, but they're just as real. Mm-hmm. So you probably have the just as real and just the same struggles when you're 82, right? Oh, yeah, definitely. So like even my niece who's six, her her problems are the same. They're the same volume as my problems yeah. and issues. You know, they feel the same to her as mine feel to me. Mm-hmm. It doesn't make it any smaller just because she's six, you know? Right. Yeah. yeah. So I don't know. Age is a funny thing funny concept and time right. time is a I still don't have a complete grasp on the concept of time but I don't know yeah but do you do you think there's valid, validity to the thought I had a psychologist on here and he was talking we were talking about this about emotions in a young child mm-hmm. or even a teenager and I was saying that it's it's potentially even stronger than what it is as you're older or I was saying like it's real and it's raw and it's just as everything as at 12, just like what you just said. Right. Mm-hmm. So anyways, he was saying, yeah, potentially even more because a lot of these experiences are new experiences. Yeah, exactly. For us, we've been through enough things that are similar to this, even though it's real and it's raw and it's strong. It's not the first time we felt it. Mm-hmm. So and again, that lends itself back to my counter, my argument that the, the raw and the emotional is more prone at a younger age, mm-hmm. but whether it's a hundred percent or 80% at, 20 versus 80 it's still yeah. there yeah 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 interesting yeah i don't know again just thinking about that but so have you thought about uh somebody I, i've i've talked a lot on here about um through hiking which I, we're not going to get into through hiking but i couldn't figure out like why am i so engaged with the thought of going hike for three thousand miles mm-hmm. um and my sister-in-law's mother told me that it's because you're using the, the thought of it and the process is using your left brain versus your right brain, mm-hmm. like the creative side versus the uncreative side. Have you thought about that left brain, right brain, creative, uncreative at all? Is that a, a thing in your world? Um, yeah, I think of it as type A and type B. Okay. Uh, I, and I think it's kind of the same concept. I'm not really sure, but, um, uh, yeah, wait. So I, I guess in my, yeah. So in, I'm thinking about, let me try to tie this in. I'm thinking about my own personal life. I'm very busy, like we all are probably, right? Mm-hmm. But just work, home duties, bed, 
you know, go to bed, work out, whatever, like it's regimented. I'm always thinking on a, like a X, Y, Z type mentality. Mm-hmm. Whereas I crave like this podcast to sit down and do this. And then maybe it's a creative thing. I crave writing. I crave going on these hikes. Like, and then again, my sister-in-law's mom was like, it's because it's your left brain, your creative brain that yeah. you're not using, like needing to get out. Yeah. Um, and that ties right back into what you're saying, I guess. So I just curious if you thought about that on a conceptual level of, yeah, what the creative side is for you and what it means for other people. And then again, you had that suppressed for how long, right? Yeah. But yeah, yeah. I'm just curious if that ties into what you've thought about. Yeah. Um, it, it makes me think of my sister. So Lana, my sister Lana and I, it's just funny because we grew up in the same household, but she is type A and I'm type B hmm. where I'm all creative and she's all, um, I don't know, um, she's very methodical mm-hmm. and she's very detail oriented and she's all about the numbers and, um, you know, she follows all the directions and I'm the complete opposite. I'm like, um, I'm the jump in type. And then I learn mm-hmm. where she's, she's preparing everything before she, um, jumps, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I mean us, um, we're a spectrum and she's, one end and I'm the other end. Yeah. So that's what I think of. And, uh, I don't know. And I I don't know, the world needs all types. So it's, it's pretty great. And we're both very comfortable with what we are, Yeah. but we always just joke that like, you know, we could use a little of each other. Like if we could trade, you know, 20%, that'd be cool. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. It's yeah. Right. Yeah. Again, tying it all back in. I think it's cool. I'm glad that you answered the original question of creativity versus what's better, the store or music, mm-hmm. right? Or what's better, the thrifting or music. Um, I like the high arching theme because again, that informs everything, right? Yeah. Yeah. Do you, have you ever thought about, I told you we won't get into it. Have you ever thought about a uh, through hike, hiking the Appalachian trail? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Would you do it? Yes, absolutely. Because I think when you push yourself to your limit or, and then, Well, just, um, you know, pushing yourself to the point where you're so uncomfortable and then coming out the other side, that's, Mm -hmm. that's an addicting feeling. So I definitely have, you know, thought about stuff like, uh, um, you know, the, I don't know. Yeah. (laughs) No, I guess with that, I, I think I draw many parallels is, I always talk about him on here, but Jordan Peterson, I see the psychologist. Yeah. Um, you familiar with him? Yes. Okay. Talks about how like you should, I'm going to struggle to put it in his words, but either way, like there's a thing where if you search within yourself to like help heal yourself and work through any issues you have, or, or even if you've been through some traumatic things, like you go to the depths of despair and you come back a much stronger person. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, and that like going through his, in his mind, like the, uh, metaphorical desert for 40 years in this story that he ties into a biblical story into it. Um, and not for the sake of the Bible, but for the sake of the learning of this old ancient story. Mm-hmm. Um, but anyways, ties that, you know, you go through this metaphorical desert in anything, whether that's your own personal thing, whether it's you, you know, working 70 hours a week for somebody that suppressed you for however long, um, or a through hike or anything that feels like you have like this transformation. Mm-hmm that is only possible through a 3000 mile hike, a uh, year and a half of working 70 hours a week and being suppressed or something, you know, you know what I'm saying? Like, it feels like there's this thing 
at the same time, maybe there isn't like I've talked about that where it's not, but anyways, again, I'm rambling, but I feel like there's so many parallels that if you go through, whether intentionally or unintentionally, like these dips mm-hmm. on a, on a work, on a personal, on a mental, on a emotional, that you come out the other side, a better person, a stronger person, a more empathetic person, you're more understanding, you're more patient. Do you, do you agree with that? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there were times building fancy free that I did not think that I was going to come out the other side. Yeah. It was, I, I said that, um, I was at the lowest point of my life in Connecticut when I, I or sorry, I was back and forth from mm-hmm. New York and Connecticut, but I said, uh, but I think that fancy free was, it pushed me hmm. so I don't know. I felt emotions that I didn't know I had because, uh, yeah, just talking about, I, it was very, very, very difficult, Hmm. but here I am and, um, everything is, I mean, there are still challenges of course, Mm -hmm. but building the shop was something that that was the most difficult thing in my life. And, and there, that's why the, the piano was such a cool thing because somebody would sit down at that piano and play when I was facing, climbing the mountain and it it's like this little reminder of oh yeah that's why Mm -hmm. that's why i'm doing this right have you had examples of the first hand seeing people's creativity come out like i'm saying through your store through your mission through your interactions oh yeah 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 is that pretty cool yes okay so um many times and in in small ways um like in little whispers, but even when someone comes out of the dressing room in a, in a, an outfit that they love Mm -hmm. and they, they're lit up, like that's one of the ways. Um, so our motto at fancy free is never settle on a style. Okay. So that, um, and that also, um, it ties into many things like never settle on a style. Doesn't just mean your clothes, you know, it means um, you can keep growing. You don't have to um, be one thing and you don't have to stay stagnant. And um, like if I, you know, um, thinking about who I was when I was 17 before I started traveling, um, that girl is just completely, probably night and day to who I am now. So hmm. um, that's what that means is, when I say never settle on a style, it means like, you know, sometimes the people in your life and, um, around you can make judgments about you Mm -hmm. and you don't have to settle on that. So that, that's a big part of what that means, but it also does mean clothes. Like Mm -hmm. you shouldn't settle on, on, on your clothes or your style. I don't know. Yeah. Right. (laughs) No, I'm rambling. Yeah. No, it's good. I, I do like that though. The never settle on a style. Cause like you said, you could, I, I talk a lot about here on living intentionally, like mm-hmm. living intentional life, like what you are into pursue that. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, what you feel like do that. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's the same thing, right? Like there's a part of me that feels like there's a certain, I mean, because it's, I I've done this before too, but there's a mode that somebody could be in where they do their hobby, they do their activities, they wear their clothes, they do their things that are because that's how the they feel the group wants them to be like they're doing this thing that they're not even into they're not even excited about but that's just what we do right 
Whereas I've tried to like eliminate that. Like if I'm not into this, I'm not doing it. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, if I'm not into this hobby, I'm not going to do it. If I'm not into this, I'm not going to do it within reason, like trying to help out family members, even though it's inconvenient or whatever else, but either way, like living an intentional life and pursuing what you're into and finding a way to make it happen. Mm -hmm. That's the same thing is like, don't settle on who the world thinks you have to be. Yeah. And, and when you make a mistake, you don't have to let it become you either. So like, I like to say fail forward. Yeah. There are so many times when, you know, you could kind of just wallow up and, Mm. you know, but mistakes are really good. And failure is a beautiful thing because you learn and you go, you, you just move on and guess what? The world keeps spinning. Right. I think there's a, a thing you talked about how you felt emotions that you didn't know you have. I feel like it's the same thing as like working out, like do some new exercise and you felt muscles you never knew you had. Mm-hmm. So it's like uh, experience exercise. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. Right. So you experience and you felt pains you never knew you thought you could feel. Mm-hmm. Uh, you felt, yeah, emotions you never thought you could feel. You felt happiness you never thought you could feel. And you pushed yourself further than you thought you could go. Right. Yeah. So it all comes back to this, like it makes you a more whole person. Mm-hmm. like yeah. pushing yourself through all those things. Yeah. And it's yeah. addicting too. Like, um, you know, success, success is addicting. Yeah. Um, after building the shop for four months and, and nobody, you know, building fancy free in silence when nobody knew about it. And then, um, having my first pop-up shop, I can never, I will never replace that feeling. <laughs> it was, I just remember feeling like I never want to forget how this feels. Hmm. It was the biggest accomplishment. And um, I, I told somebody that it was, um, so I played a video of Miley, you know, Miley Cyrus. Hmm. Yes. Yeah. I know Miley Cyrus. <laughs> <laughs> I played a video of her um, singing, but it was like tort- uh, on mute. It okay. was torture. It was torture watching her sing because you couldn't hear the sound. But then after after people knew about it that's and then unplaying or and then unmuting it is do you see what i'm yeah, saying I yeah. Do. yeah that's yeah. how you felt right? that's how i felt i felt like the world could finally hear my song oh. <laughs> yeah but um yeah building that uh, i don't know yeah it was it was tough <laughs> yeah for you for music do you have a preference i'm not trying to say like do like country or rock or whatever else but i'm thinking to myself I guess it depends on the mood you're in, right? But like, there's a part of me that really enjoys like a sad song. Oh yeah. Right. Yeah. Do you do you think about that? Do you have a preference? I don't know if that's the right question, but like, I guess even let me let me rephrase it. What is it about a sad song? Do you you know what I'm talking about? Like a like, yeah. Do you know what I'm talking about? Well, I would say the same thing um, of never settle on a style, even for music that okay. works. But um, yeah, I think hearing a story is is powerful so i think a lot of sad songs are stories okay but uh yeah well i guess the the example i was thinking about is just wondering like why does music why is it so powerful mm -hmm. right you're talking about the video of of uh joni mitchell and and was it both sides Mm -hmm. both sides now now, right yeah Yeah. um and how powerful that is it brings you to tears and like you said the story part of it like one recently for me was uh do you know jelly roll no this this guy crazy story you have to just see it but anyways he grew up in like nashville basically but lived a pretty troubled life in and out of prison like rough you know not a great setting that he was in um when he said when he grew up 
his mom had some issues, struggles that she had, that she mm-hmm. went through. Uh, the only time that she was alive and happy was through music. Like when she listened to music, it would like bring her alive. And even though she was going through all this struggle, like debilitating health issues and whatever else, music was the only thing that made her feel alive. And I remember at a young age, like that's the ticket is music. Like this is a big part of life. Um, anyways, but still from a troubling situation, had a tough life in and out of prison. He was in prison. He talks about this in this video, which I'm going to get around to talking about, but he was in prison when his daughter was born and he was listening to, I think Craig Morgan home is the song. And he just brought him to tears. You have to turn my life around. I'm going to figure this out. I'm going to, we're going to make this happen. Got out of prison. He figured you have to just watch this video. So because it, he talks about this on here, but he got out of prison, put in his phone. Where's Craig Morgan playing? And he was playing at the Grand Ole Opry. He said he went there and he bawled. Well, this is mm-hmm. how Craig Morgan play this song. Anyways, he's pursued music. Now he's a huge name within the, it's like a mix of rock, rap, country. And again, he'll play like this. This song, Save Me, is just unbelievable, which back to like a sad song. It's like the, yeah. just real and raw. <clears throat> But, I have to put it in the show notes. Do you have show notes? Yeah, I, I'll put it in there. Um, okay. Or even I'll and, send you a link. And both sides now. And both sides now. Okay, yeah. So anyways, but there's a video of him on YouTube. The song Save Me is unreal. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a video of him on YouTube, his Grand Ole Opry debut, where he played at the Grand Ole Opry. And he he goes through the whole thing, and then he tells a story I just told you, but in a way better way because it's coming from him and whatever else. And he's like... Yeah, and he and he talks about how he sings songs for the the broken, the downtrodden, and the forgotten, the 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 you know the hurt basically, yeah. and then he sing like you, you go through that story and he talks about he said it you know took me growing up it took me thirteen minutes to get into Opry it took him thirty seven years to get here and now here he is and he's turned his life around and he's just putting out again back to those like he's been through the depths of despair. And what he's putting out shows that and it like transcends everything and it's unbelievable and it's so powerful. And then you go watch that video again, that Grand Ole Opry video. And then when he sings Save Me at the end, I mean, it's just unbelievable. Yeah. So it goes uh, to what I was saying earlier is music is just, it's a simple way of saying complicated things. Okay. And um, that's why it's so powerful is you can convey things that you can't otherwise convey. Mm-hmm. And... um. Yeah, that's it's very powerful. Yeah. Oh yeah, I I was gonna tell you actually. It made me think of a video, um, where an Alzheimer there, there's this man with Alzheimer's, and I think this is the ultimate love story. It's a video on YouTube. Um, his he got Alzheimer's. He maybe in his seventies or something, and he was a composer, and the only time he remembers anything is when he's sitting at the piano. Huh. And and he can play um a fifteen minute composition um just sitting down at the piano and so right like that's it's just a language that i don't know yeah yeah is that true of glenn campbell you ever watch a documentary of oh, glenn campbell yeah. uh, no i i have not yet but okay i i looked into it a little bit isn't that like at the end he I mean, a huge music star, right? Yeah. But at the end, he was losing it. But the only time he would get it is when he'd go back on stage and play music, maybe? Yep, yep. Um, you you should get my dad on. Okay. <laughs> well, is shout he, out. Is shout a, out to my dad. Is he a fan or what? Of Glenn um, Gamble? Yeah. Not necessarily, but he would... Um, he would he know. Would, he, he, okay. would, he would talk about some country music stuff with you. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I could too, but... Yeah. Okay. Um, but... Okay, so again, just thinking about this whole subject, the whole thing, the whole world, 
you said when you were 17 to where you are now, you're much different. Yes. And will that happen in another 10 years? Probably. I guess I'll, I'll go back to that. But, and it was travel that opened that up for you? Absolutely. Um, so I was a, I was a terrible student and, you know, something very funny is that I failed art class. I got a, hmm. an F in art class. Right. And um, I, I was very, very poor student in high school and um because i just i don't learn that way Mm -hmm. um i cannot sit at a desk and so um i remember in 10th grade so you can only fail two classes before you have to take extracurricular classes or no uh you'd have to go to make up some classes and Mm -hmm. all of your friends knew Mm -hmm. you know um you didn't want to do it because every it's kind of like um, a social suicide. Right. <laughs> so anyway, you can't fail more than two classes in high school. Otherwise, you have to make up classes. Um, and everyone would know about it. Anyway, that's how, how I didn't want to do it. So anyways, um, I remember I was very much in danger of failing math and and art. I had, I think, D minuses in both. And I had already failed one class prior to this. And so I was nervous to get my report card because if I failed those two classes, I was going to have to make make up classes and all my friends would know that Mm -hmm. I was, you know, um, and so I got my report card back and I got a D minus in math and an F in art and I was pumped. (laughs) 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 So anyway, my, I am terrible in school, but, um, I learn through adventure. So adventuring is the way that I learned. So I moved to Alaska when I was 17 Three days after I graduated high school, I hopped on a plane and moved to Alaska. Hmm. And um, and then I never stopped traveling. I, I traveled for a decade. Mm-hmm. And you still are, right? Because yeah. the week you're not, or the, you're open for a week, but then the other three weeks, what are you, you're, you're heading out traveling, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. So, but when you went to Alaska that first time, what did that do for you? You said you learned, but like, was it like transformational or what? Uh, not necessarily. No. Okay. Um, it was a very, very slow process. And even over the um, the full, probably five years, so 17 through, I would say 24 is when I had um, a lot of growth happened there, but also I guess in the past two years, because, you know, running a business is a whole mm. different ball game. but um, no, it was very slow. So it wasn't like I went to Alaska and my world changed, you okay. know, um, I guess I moved every so for the past 10 years i moved every six months Hmm. i've had in 10 years over 20 probably right around 25 different addresses and that was just that's just around the united states i never moved out of the country um but i would just support myself through you know i had some crazy jobs yeah (laughs) yeah like what's the what's the peak or what's some of the crazier ones you've had um well i lived in so i just want to tell you the states I lived in. I lived in uh, Alaska, Arizona, uh, you know, Minnesota, Michigan, North Dakota, Florida, Texas for a little bit. Um, I guess Florida for a little bit, but uh, where else? Connecticut, New York. Uh, I think I lived in Wyoming. Oh, Wyoming's the big one. Sure. I lived there six years. So, okay. um, but 
I worked as a camp counselor, a Segway tour guide. I worked at Krispy Kreme. I worked as a school photographer. Uh, I worked as Elsa and Anna singing at birthday parties. Um, <laughs> where else? I've, uh, oh, I worked at a fishing lodge. You know, I worked, did I say camp counselor already? I think so, yeah. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Uh, I had some other fun ones in there too. But just a wide range uh, of very fun jobs. Hmm. Um, yeah, and doing seasonal work. Um, and, oh, I worked at an elementary school. So the elementary school was a big one. Um, but what was I going to say? Oh, yeah, yeah, Fancy Free is kind of my way of settling down. Because, okay. like, something that always stuck with me um, when I nannied in Connecticut. So, actually, I want to be clear. I had two nanny jobs okay. out east two different two, for two different families. Um, I don't want anyone to mix up the Ilitellos, so I nannied for my cousins. Mm-hmm. I don't want anyone to think that I'm talking about them when when I say that they create they did not creatively suppress yeah. anything. Uh, Nels was very encouraging with music and stuff. He always was telling me to get my guitar. But um, what was I saying? <laughs> well, you're just thinking about the uh, travel, and you said it wasn't instantly transformational. But you've done a lot of things. You've worked a lot of jobs. You've lived in a lot of states. Every six months, you've gone. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't know where I, I can't remember the very end of it. But either way, we were talking about that whole picture. Right, right. Um, kind of. Yeah, but in, I guess what I'm thinking about that. You said it was. Uh, I guess there's many things about it, but there's. Do you thrive in that moving every six months? Oh, uh, yeah. Okay, yeah. but then but then you said that that was your way of settling down. Oh yeah, right, yeah, yeah. So fancy free is my way of settling down, and actually something that always stuck with me, and um, that's what I was saying. So mm. Nels when I nannied for them, he said, so those are my cousins. They live in Connecticut. And he said something that stuck with me. He said, something that I've always regretted is not raising my children around my family. Mm -hmm. So his family is all in Minnesota, you know, Michigan in the Midwest. And, um, I don't know, that just stuck with me. And I don't know that I could live a life away from my family. So that's mm-hmm. what I say. That's what I mean when I say fancy free is my way of settling down because I, I could be around my family, but then the shop closes and I'm on the road. Mm-hmm. So <clears throat> it's a good life. Yeah. The, I have that within me too. The, 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 like the travel, like the, the desire to travel and I, I could be easily happy. We're moving every six months for the rest of my life. That's how it feels currently. Maybe not, maybe eventually, but I'm just saying like, just like you did that jobs, whatever else, mm-hmm. like totally at home with it. And it's where I thrive. It's where I enjoy. Um, I enjoy all of life, but I'm just saying like that component of it, which I've done that mm-hmm. is just so exciting and engaging and refreshing. And you're always learning and you're in this state where you're like testing yourself in many different areas. Mm-hmm. There's something about it. That's super enjoyable um but then again i you you said that thing about the kids that's something i struggle with all the time like this podcast started from mule deer hunting if i if if that if my passion my hobbies are the only thing that matters i would be living in the west and i would never come back other than to visit occasionally yeah um but we have three little ones and for me it's like that trumps everything Mm -hmm. but it's hard like on a personal level it's hard but it's just like your mom and painting for me that's what it is although I get to fulfill it, right? I would yeah. go once a week or, or once a year, yeah. whatever else, get a, just a little itch. But if I fully let it go, it would be all fall, you know? Yep. Yep. Well, that, I mean, family, you're family oriented. So right. That's where your vision is. And that's 
that's a really good thing. Mm-hmm. But I struggle with that. Yeah. Like, do you think your mom struggled with the painting? Um, yeah, definitely. Or, or did she just let it go? Like, so she had no other choice. She, I mean, I, I don't even know if she thought about it because yeah. there was just always stuff to, that she had to do, but yeah, definitely. She's, she definitely struggled with it. Okay. I'm sure she did, even if she didn't know it, mm-hmm. but yeah. Um, so yeah, just think about that again. I, for sure, same, same drive, same feeling of wanting to go, wanting to run and just enjoy it. And I, and I don't think like someone could argue like you're trying to like, what are you running from? But it's not that. It is not that. Yeah. No. It's, I have, I mean, I would argue that I have now that I've lived in 12 different States, I have 12 different homes. Hmm. So yeah, but I'm now, not running from anything. I love people. Right. And, and I was, um, I saw a wide range of people and, um, many different walks of life and I learned from a lot of them. So mm-hmm. that's, I, I just, I love a new experience. Right. There's nothing that can, uh, you know, just, I love walking into the unknown mm-hmm. and yeah. So, yeah, I think, it's but a pro- in a way, actually, sorry, no, sorry. So, I, I mean, what, I guess what I'm running from is everybody. So I said in high school, I told you who I was in high school mm-hmm. and, and, um, so that's what my, that's what people around me knew knew of me is um I wasn't good in school and that was a big thing when you're 17 years old so Mm -hmm. that feels like a a lot of your existence and so that's in a way what I was running from is you're forming a new version of yourself it's Hmm. pretty cool moving every six months because you get to walk into your total fresh slate nobody knows you Mm -hmm. and nobody knows that you failed art and you failed math and you've you know, nobody knows the the bad things about you. And so in a way I'm running from my reputation, you know? So, and that's not a bad thing. I think that it's a beautiful thing to be able to, I think a lot of growth came from that. Mm -hmm. For sure. And then, yeah. So I guess thinking about that, but then also thinking about, okay, so you've changed a lot in the last 10 years. But like at any point in time, you almost feel like I'm going to be like this forever. But 10 years from now, you're going to be way different than you are today. Or do you think that? Do you think you're going to be 10 years from now, will you be way different than you are today? Uh, I I don't know if I'll, my um, core values and, you know, what's at my core will change. Sure. Because I think that a lot of that formed between 17 and 27 or okay. 25. But I think that my goals in 10 years are a lot bigger than what I have today. And it we should meet back here in 10 years. Sure. See, <laughs> see where you're at. Yeah. Replay this clip. Yeah. And yeah. then, yeah. Yeah. So, so I, I think that my life will look a lot different, but I don't know that I'll be a lot different. I, yeah. I don't know. I hope not. I kind of like myself. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, you know what I mean? Right. Yeah. 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 Right. You're happiest with who you are and being genuine to that. Right. Yeah. 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 Um, I'm comfortable. I yeah. guess I should say. Yeah. But so, again, thinking about a lot of this and I'm saying that I have similar things and I think a lot about on here and I talk a lot about like personality, the psychology, whatever else, it's just fascinating to me. And, and thinking about how you said your, a lot of your core was built from ages 17 to 27 or something. Right. Mm -hmm. But there's a, I believe this is true. Like the voice, the internal voice you have is given to you between ages like zero and three or zero and four. 
Mm-hmm. Okay. Like the words you speak to yourself, mm-hmm. how you talk to yourself, that's given to you by your parents between ages zero and four. And obviously you can, you, I don't know what's, well, and it's also the genetics that it's given to you. Mm-hmm. But I'm thinking about that thinking like it's, uh, your later things are what you're, where you're at currently 17 to 27, but that stemmed from that initial thing, but also genetics tie into that. But what makes you the way you are is your personality potentially, but have you thought about like your personality and why you enjoy that change? Um, and, and why that, why you thrive in that world? Cause there's a lot of people that don't thrive in that change. Mm-hmm. Like put somebody else in your shoes and they'd be a wreck. Right. Right. And we're all going through things, but I'm just curious that again, have you thought about that or the psychology, the backside of it? Why you, why you appreciate that and why you thrive in that world? Yeah, that's interesting. Um, I don't know. I mean, I think that I'm very spontaneous, Mm -hmm. even still today. Like I'll have a plan and something will come. Something sparkly will distract me and that plan is gone, you know? I'm very, very spontaneous, and I think that stems from uh, having ADHD. Okay. And that's also why I was I was very, I struggled in school. I struggle on a desk. Um, but I think that, like, you know, um, I think I get distracted. Yeah. And I'm on to the next, which, mm-hmm. I don't know, it's a blessing and a curse. Yeah. But I, I guess that's where that stems from. Right. But I think it's pretty sweet that you have the, uh, the, like you set up your life. Again, I, I always talk about the intentionality, but you set up a business, you set up your life where like you can just like lean into who you are. Yeah. It still suits. It still suits me. Yep. Yeah. So can you get into that? I'm curious. Okay. So you, you're open for a week, mm-hmm. right? The other weeks you're whatever you'd like to do, go for travel. I mean, you're thrifting usually, right? Trying to find things yeah. for the store. But is that like when you're heading, cause you're, you're going to go out West, you're going to do this, you're going to do that. Mm-hmm. Is the thrifting kind of a means to an end? Of course you enjoy it, but I'm saying what's bigger. And again, I'm back to the original question. What's bigger, the travel or the thrifting? Or are they both the same? Uh, they're both the same. I mean, um, like it's the thrill of the hunt. Okay. Uh, it's, it's comparable to gold mining. Like, Hmm. uh, you never know what you're going to find. And so that's where the joy of thrifting comes in. And I still will never understand why someone can go into a mall because like you won't find me in a mall because, (laughs) um, I like to, when I'm thrifting and I check out the value of the item that I just purchased goes up. Mm-hmm. When you're in a mall and you check out, the value of that item drops as soon as you swipe your card. Right. Um, and so that's where the joy of thrifting comes in, you know. Oh, I want to talk about actually the, the birthplace of, of the business, if that's okay. cool. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> so I was nannying in Connecticut for my cousins. So um, this was before the, the other nanny job. Uh um, and I was always a big thrifter. My mom owned a thrift store, mm. so um, she was she's a lot of inspiration. But I was in Connecticut, always a big thrifter. I was thrifting, and I came across this Tory Birch romper. And I don't know if you know Tory Birch. Wait, what did you just say, Tory? Tory Birch. And then what was the next word? Romper. Romper. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Tory Birch romper. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, I don't know any. <laughs> uh, uh. So, I mean, it's it's a fancy brand and 
you know, it holds its value, but I don't like it. I, I won't wear it. Mm-hmm. And so, but it was $6 and I was like, I'm not going to not buy this fancy romper because it's just way too good of a deal to pass up. And so um, I decided to list it online and it sold the same day. And the the funny thing is, is that prior to this, I was a total free spirit, did not care. I, you could not like, I was not a business person at all. Um, but when that, I listed it online and it sold in the same day and my world changed like night and day. It was a, it was a light switch because huh. I, I was like, I think I heard angels singing. It was like, ah, <laughs> 50 bucks. It sold for 50 bucks. So, right. I mean, that's a pretty good flip. And, um, and from there, I just started selling everything, like everything. I started in my closet. I sold everything in my closet and, um, I sold things that I found on the road and at garage sales and I just had such fun with it. And it was just insane to me that I could, um, you know, provide a service to somebody while simultaneously hunting. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It, it was life changing. And, um, and I never stopped doing it. I, I was from there. I never stopped selling stuff. What So that was how many years ago? Uh, that was in 2000, I want to say, probably six years ago okay did you help my mom with that too she's done it or she did it like online selling on poshmark yep Mercari, so, yep. Maybe. so that's well, what I, I sold that room brown yeah okay like she did it a lot too for probably for the same reasons that you did just the joy of it and the excitement or whatever else right but um did you help her with that for some reason i had the impression you did like you maybe gave her some advice over the phone or something or is oh that... yeah i think probably i did okay i yeah i vaguely remember that actually i don't know okay um i mean maybe at some point okay but either yeah. way um anyways that inspired that but there's still like some something has to happen for you to think of the store how did you think of the store oh yeah absolutely like um so i sold for probably five years online before i ever like i never even thought of owning a store actually but then when you have um when i was it happened when i was moving back so 2020 it was um, September of 2020 and I was moving back from Connecticut um, and I still had some inventory and I wasn't going to donate it um, but I, I was kind of sick of selling online like um, I don't know you just hit a point where it's like okay what what's next you know mm-hmm. and so I had this little bit of inventory and um, I was moving back and I was also I had all this creative energy and um so september 2020 i didn't know that i was going to open a store but Hmm. um i i started renting the shop in november so two months later i was i just i think i had the idea for it in september and i just jumped Mm -hmm. but do you remember what gave you the idea um just probably the love of it okay no but like I guess there's, there's, I'm just saying even the concept itself, like, but I guess there is the thing is like, you, you've seen it happen. You've proved it online, Yeah. but like what inspired you to say, Hey, let's do this in a store. But I I could see being online and getting sick of printing labels, shipping things, you're responding on your phone, like that side of things. Mm -hmm. Um, whereas in store, are you doing any of that anymore or is it all in person? I do. Yeah. And so that's what I do. Also when, when the shop is closed, I'm still selling online. Okay. And that's not draining. Like that fits. That's that fits. Yeah. It definitely fits because like, 
um, I mean, I'll spend a couple of days getting everything online and then it just sells throughout the month. So, and I'm shipping stuff every day. So, okay. um, it works out well yeah. and I really enjoy it. Like when it's tied into the shop, it's fun. Sure. And okay. so, and it always was fun, but it was just like, am I going to do this forever? Mm-hmm. So actually, um, I started renting Fancy Free, the building in November. So November 1st is when I moved in. And the first day that I that I got the shop, I had my mom there for lunch, my mom and my two sisters. And it was just going to be a store. Mm-hmm. Fancy Free was going to be a store. And um, they, we were sitting and eating sandwiches. And my mom's like, what about a pop-up shop? And then I was like, oh, a pop-up shop. Okay. And so <laughs> that's... Like, I'm I'm telling you that it wasn't planned. It, like, everything, I just added and added and added and added and added. Okay. It was never planned. Huh. So you're saying initially, never planned, meaning it just evolved, but initially, just going to be a store. You mean just like a thrift store, basically, is what you're going to open up? Yeah, a resale shop. Or yes. a resale shop, okay. I, like curated resale. Cause sure. I, that, it differs from thrift where people are donating stuff. But I gotcha. Yeah. yeah. Okay, yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, So a resale mm-hmm. store. But then the pop-up shop, the difference there is that you were just open for a slight amount of time or you could also go other places or something like that. Or what's the what's the difference between a pop-up shop and a resale, restore? Or, well, yeah. just a store, it would have been open all the time. And, okay. and I think that that doesn't fit me. Sure. I. I'm free from commitment. That's what fancy free means. And so it's the six days is when I serve the community. Mm-hmm. And then after when it closes, I'm like, get out of here, guys. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> huh. yeah I'm kind of like, I'm free, but like in a good way, you know, right. they get it. So it turns into <clears throat> this really fun event. I joke, I say all the women crawl out from under their rocks. because, uh-huh. But um, it turns into a really fun event. Uh, there's live music and, you know, coffee and cookies and um oh yeah so last time there was live music and I had a married couple up on the stage which is a ledge above my door there's a moped there Mm -hmm. and um they they sat it's pretty goofy because it's like 10 feet off the ground and they just they were sitting on a ledge and fancy free playing music and so it's the Wallens they're Mm -hmm. they're a married couple and um we had two tip jars for them and whoever got more tips in their jar got to pie me in the face. Hmm. And so um, it's just, you know, having fun with it. And um, that's what I'm talking about. It turns into this event. You know, I have local artists um, host their own pop-up shops. And now people can apply to host a pop-up shop. So even anybody, um, I, I just, I want entrepreneurs to have a chance to host a pop-up shop there and kind of get a feel. Even... Um, kids with a passion, you know, Mm -hmm. um, or a collector who, I don't know, maybe someone who has a metal detector and has been doing that for 10 years and has a huge collection of stuff they found on the beach. I want them to apply and host a pop-up shop at Fancy Free because, um, and actually that answers a question that I get all the time. Everybody all the time is asking me, um, do you, well, you sell my stuff. Well, you stuff, you know, um, but I want them to mm. have their own pop-up shop there. So, okay. so I don't like, I don't buy stuff from people. Okay. I want them to sell it themselves because right. <laughs> right. it's a lot of work. Yeah, for sure. So, and, and actually that, and a lot of thought went into that. Um, 
because I'm free from commitment. So like I cannot meet with hundreds of women and buy their stuff. And that's why I set it up that way is because A, I want to give them a chance to host a pop-up shop at the event and then B, I'm not going to um, be doing all these appointments because I'm I'm traveling and whatever. And that's the best part for me. So I get that question all the time. So I wanted to answer it. <laughs> sure, sure. But then also too, you're free from commitment of having to meet with them, but also the commitment of their clothes on your shelves that's not selling potentially. Um, or, or would it be that you would have bought them from them anyway, so now it's yours? Yeah. Okay. Well, <clears throat> that, but I mean, it takes a lot of practice um, finding out what sells. And so, um, you know, I like to curate the shop. And um, a consignment shop is so much different than a, than a curated resale shop because um, the curated shop has me in it. Right. You know, a, a consignment shop would have racks and racks and racks and racks of clothes that I wouldn't necessarily choose. Sure. That's the fun part. The fun part and the magic comes from curating it. Right. So, yeah, that makes sense for sure. And the whole thing is like, yeah, you, your brand, right? As soon as you have 20 things infiltrating, now it's watered down and it's just, uh, yeah, Yeah, that makes total sense for sure. Do you ever get on stage, play music? Cause you still play quite a bit. Oh Uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I, um, it'd be fun, but I'm running the register. You mean at Fancy Free? Yeah. Do I? Oh, um, sometimes I would do, I do open mic, but I really actually play guitar any chance I get. Um, you know, the mission at Fancy Free is stoke the wildfire of creative expression, which means that I get to play guitar whenever I want. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so I brought my guitar for yeah. you. Okay. <laughs> and, um... Do you mind if I play a song for you? No, that's good. So what would you like to hear? I I was going to ask if you would rather me sing a song that I wrote okay. or a Dolly Parton song, a Dolly Parton cover. Um, probably a song that you wrote. Okay. All right. So um, this is, I think, one of the first songs I ever wrote. I wrote it a decade ago. Okay. And it's still pretty relevant, so... Flowers are for people who have lots of love and patience and time on their hands. Noah won't sit around to watch him grow. I'm off again. Here I go. I'm gone. See you around. I never wanted a flower garden. Dogs are for people not like me who don't mind a little responsibility in their life. And I love dogs as much as you, but I can't have one because I don't want to. Never wanted a flower garden, I just want highway. Mm-hmm. And I don't want no puppy dog. 
I can run off whenever, whenever I want. And I can do without a picket fence. I'm happy to be wherever I am in the moment. That's awesome. <laughs> For real, that's good. You said 10 years ago? Yeah, about, yeah. yeah. I, it was one of the first songs I ever wrote, so. Okay. So what, 17 years old, 18 years old, yeah. roughly? Yeah. Um, that fits everything we've been talking about. Yeah. So you, you said you're way different then than you are now, and maybe you are in like expressing it, but it feels like you knew that was within you, right? Oh, definitely. Yeah, I guess you're, you're totally right. Okay. Yeah, I guess, I mean, I... I still feel all that, so. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. I guess it's always in you, but right. maybe. But is it like finding it and like accepting it and, and being comfortable it. in yeah. it? Okay, and sharing yeah. it, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Huh. And again, is that a... It takes courage. Yeah. Right, to do your shop, to sing the song, to express it, to share it. Yeah. Matisse, Matisse said creativity takes courage. Yeah. Okay, so. what does Matisse say? I think he's an artist. I don't know a whole lot about him. Okay. I just love the quote. <laughs> but creativity takes courage. Takes hey, okay. Courage, yeah. Um, yeah. Cause there's a part of where I feel you said how you're way different now than you are 27 or 10 years ago. Yeah. I feel the same way, but I know if I go back and if I was a writer then or a, uh, if I was singing then I would have, I'm pretty sure it'd be just as similar as yours is to what your today is. Does that make sense? Like my 10 years ago, even though I was way different, but I think the difference is like with maturity, with age, with confidence, you can learn to share it and lean in on who you are versus feel like you need to be this other thing. Yeah, exactly. So you, I was at my core at 17, I'm the same. Uh, I, I guess your core is the same. Yeah. You are who you are probably from, you know, when you're a toddler, but just coming into that. So a lot of, and growing, you know, a lot mm. of growth happened between 17 and now. Right. But do you think, I agree myself personally, same thing. I've been way more comfortable with who I am. Uh, for me to even do this, I would have never even dreamed in a million years at age 17, I would do something like this. Right. right. I'm saying for me to do the podcast and maybe it seems like nothing, but for me, it was a big deal to like yeah. put myself out there. Right. Yeah. Um, Absolutely. Yeah. So, but I guess with just thinking about that though, does everybody go through that growth or do most people or not that we have to define it, but like, thank goodness that you have, right. That you're willing to do that and you've gone through that and you can lean on who you are. Cause it makes you like true to who you are. Mm-hmm. But how many people out there have not, right. do you know that? Right. Or, or what's your thoughts on that? Um, that's why I love teachers and people who want to share what they have because, um, for, for those people who maybe haven't been, nurtured in the way that they feel comfortable sharing who mm-hmm. they are. Um, I, that's why it's important to, for people that have to be able to give a little nudge, you know, mm. because, um, I, I guess, um, there's, I love the concept of scarcity mindset versus abundance. Yeah. Um, yeah. Like the way that I look at it, so people with skills, right? You know, artists. Mm-hmm. Um, if if you share what if you share your skill, that doesn't. A lot of people hold their skills so close and and don't really want to share them because maybe they'll feel that um, 
I don't know. That's scarcity mindset. Mm -hmm. But the way that I look at it is if everybody was doing what they love, just imagine the world. And so that's why I want to nudge people to, you know, closer to taking a leap of faith. And that's why I'm a teacher. And um, like I think of Lori, Lori at Peace Pie Co. She, she's a company in Marquette. Okay. She's actually opening a retail space currently, but I do some work with her. She does pop-up shops at Fancy Free from time to time. And um, she's going to lead a workshop at Fancy Free. Um, she's baked some pies. And what I'm saying is Lori... She wants everybody to know her pie recipe because she wants everybody baking pies hmm. because she wants to bake the world a better place. And so um, she shares her passion and her recipes because she wants everybody making pies. There's no secret. I mean, everybody should have the delicious pie, right? Right, right. You shouldn't, you shouldn't like, um, I don't know. Everybody needs pie. Yeah. Right. No, I like it. So what's it called though? I'm going to try it next time I go there. Oh yeah. The, um, Peace Pie Co. Peace Pie Co. Okay. Mm-hmm. I'll uh, send it. I'll send it in a text and, um, the honey lavender pie Okay. is unlike any other thing hmm. in okay. the world. Yeah. Cool. I'll check it out next time I'm there. But you were talking about that, that abundance versus scarcity thing. Mm-hmm. And I was just talking about that one of my recent ones and I couldn't remember the terms like the, uh, but I said it like whatever you think there's not enough and then there is more anyways um i i feel like i feel that too like in real estate i've, I've recruited people or i try to like hey there's more than enough work like if you work hard you'll have an opportunity mm-hmm. and but even higher than that like this podcast i have a drive and i just talked with this on another one where i want to create a studio where i can help other people start their own podcasts or whatever it might be and have the i, I guess this is the grand vision I, again i just said this recently on another one is have this shared space where you've got a studio, you've got offices, you've got a lounge, you've got desks where it's a, it's a shared co-working space for creative people only. Mm-hmm. Right. And you all grow from each other. You learn from each other. And again, that, that, that mindset of like, let me teach you, let me help you. And let me learn from you. And let me learn from you. Right. It's a reciprocal mm-hmm. thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that's just magical. Yeah. Uh, but you, you were talking too about like you, the leap of faith for me, that's what this podcast is. Like there's, the most rewarding thing that has come out of this other than the act itself, because it's so enjoyable to sit down and chat with somebody like this is when somebody tells me, Hey, through this, you've made me reconsider my own life. And you know what? Actually, I never realized I really enjoy this thing or because of this, you've inspired me to do this. And now I'm doing this next step. Like maybe that's my own pride, like telling you like, wow, you did this or something. Maybe that's me being like selfish or something, but there's, there's nothing that brings me happier in this as far as this podcast world goes and somebody saying that you have through the conversations and through here, hearing other people talk made me realize that this thing that I am into is actually pretty sweet. Mm-hmm. Uh, I should lean into this. Yeah. Uh, I should do this. I should share this. I should, you know, I'm an artist. I should share that. I like doing this. I should share it for some reason. Well, not for some reason, but that's just so cool. Yeah. It's not selfishness. It's, um, I think that you should be loud about what you love to do because yeah. because you it's inspiring. That's all it is. Mm-hmm. And you're sharing insight. And on top of that, you're giving people a voice and people that wouldn't have normally had the chance to voice things. That's it's cool. Like I'm I'm happy to be here. So mm-hmm. well, no. it's a special thing. So yeah. and I think you should pat yourself on the back. Because yeah. <laughs> 
and I think it's well deserved. Yeah. Well, thank you. Uh, no, I truly, again, like the fear of sharing, I think there's a ton of people who are very creative, awesome at what they do and they don't share because they're scared of what other people might think. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, but realizing how cool it is and inspiring them to share and knowing that like, if people don't like it, that's the 2% of the people that have are, that's just them. Yeah. Right. Whereas most people like it. Like when I see somebody share, it's awesome. Inspiring. Mm -hmm. I may not comment on it or like on it or, or even reach out to them, whatever, mm -hmm. but it's awesome to do. And I think it inspires other people and it just spreads a positive thing. And again, you're going to get your 2% of people that are against it, but that's just them. They're low lives. That's how I look at it. Yeah. But, yeah. yeah. So yeah. yeah, it's all, it's all good stuff, but tying it back all into, again, you found, I don't know. It's crazy. I just like thinking about the back end stuff. Do you like when I'm asking these questions about like, where does it come from? The psychology, whatever else is it like, I've never thought about that, but also I don't need to cause I just enjoy it. Or do you enjoy thinking about the, where does it come from? The psychology behind you as a person? Oh, I enjoy thinking about it actually. Um, so I'm big on the creative expression. Okay. Um, and like you can express yourself in so many ways. Um, even like, you know, how you dress or what car you drive, you know, mm -hmm. every, a lot of things factor into how you express yourself. Uh, one way that I like to express myself is like, uh, I'm kind of a class clown type. Sure. I've always yeah. been, I, that's, that's the funny thing. Like when I move somewhere new, I would always try to be the cool, like, I'm like, okay, fresh slate. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, I'm going to be the cool, like calm and cool this time. Yeah. And two days in people are like Greta did it because yeah. I'm just I can't hide that who I am I'm just this natural prankster yeah. I love to make people smile so <laughs> that's it that's how I express myself and um actually so the question you asked is where does that come from I was just thinking about this on the way over here uh I had six toes okay I, I was born with six toes and six fingers you probably know that yeah yeah and um and I had my finger I got cut off when I was born, the day I was born. And my toe, um, I had till I was nine years old. And everybody in school knew it. And so I think that my class clown, I think that comes from, I think a lot of it has to do with that toe because I had to learn to be kind of funny. like, And, and I probably learned early on how to make people smile with it. You know, I... Like I would tell people that I just kept growing. I, I told people like I stayed in my mom's stomach too long and I just kept growing. And if I stayed in there any longer, I would have grown another head. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, and I think that probably it kind of snowballed just, I don't know. I think, yeah. So when you're talking about where do things come from, mm -hmm. I think that my class clown type has, has a little bit to do with that toe. <laughs> and a uh, side note, I'm... Um, I don't have a picture of my toe okay, or my finger. And um, I'm not salty at my parents. They were probably like, you know, I came out in the delivery room and the doctor's like, she's got six toes. And, you know, I would love a picture, but they were probably like, we got stuff to do. Right. <laughs> I don't have any picture of it. Like, huh. it's just annoying because... I tried, I, I tell people sometimes and they're like, okay, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like a picture would be nice, but I'm not, uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, they had other stuff to do. <laughs> right. That's funny. Crazy. Hey, like how little things, I mean, it was a big at the time, but just, yeah, 
<laughs> how things can make such a big impact on you later in life even because yeah. they set the core of who you are at a young age mm-hmm. yeah but so i asked you earlier the question of 10 years from now will you be way different I, I, i'm like reevaluating that because do you feel like we established that 10 years ago you were not you just weren't oh yeah you are who you are at your core yeah regardless whether you're 12 or 80 you think so yeah you the only difference is that you grow okay but could you also suppress it like if you is there a way to not grow like i'm saying you could picture the bitter old person oh yeah what's that yeah uh that was just maybe they didn't nurture their creativity side (laughs) okay yeah i don't know what that is but i don't know yeah hard to say circumstance or whatever else but either way celebrating the the, just the yeah the whole thing i think it's cool yeah so appreciate it greta is there anything i didn't ask you that i should have is there something we didn't cover Mm, oh yeah actually so i'm gonna put this podcast on my instagram and if anybody made it this far um my next pop-up shop is gonna be this coming thursday it's the uh uh one sec i think it's august 4th so on august 4th we're open august 4th to august 11th the hours are noon to eight the address is 131 east michigan street it's called fancy free if you come and you you use the um use the code word obsessed at the checkout Mm -hmm. um you will get 10 giveaway entries Hmm. so so I'm always a few weeks ahead of time. So this won't release till oh, after that. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. let's think about that. Can you do yeah. the same thing? So for I'll whatever? do the same thing, but not for the August pop-up shop. If you use the word, the code word obsessed mm-hmm. at one of my pop-up shops, um, you'll still get 10 giveaway entries. Yes. Okay. Perfect. For a, for a five piece mystery box set to your size and aesthetic. <laughs> perfect. <laughs> so, yeah. And then we should actually say that too, because we, you can follow you on Instagram. Yeah. on facebook on uh, instagram i'm on instagram so okay. uh it's fancy free hq okay yeah perfect okay well thank you Greta. yeah thank you thanks for having me that was a lot of fun yeah for <laughs> sure hey guys thank you for listening today i hope you enjoyed it if you have and you feel so inclined share this podcast with your friends subscribe to the podcast where if you listen and give us some feedback with a review until next time thank you